Let's head over to the Cardio Newsline now. We are joined on the Cardio Newsline by Adrian Vasquez, Chief of the Colorado Springs Police. And uh, Chief, thanks so much for joining me here on Cardio's Morning News. Well, thanks, Andrew. I always enjoy uh, getting on with you. I appreciate it. Yeah, and you know, we're, we're talking about an issue that uh, I know it's something that you've been really trying to tackle during your tenure as chief, and this has been uh, kind of this uptick in juvenile-based crimes. And let's talk a little bit about just how much of an issue this is becoming here in Colorado Springs. Yeah, you know, it really is. There, there's so many parts to this, and, and it really is becoming... Uh, something that's grabbed my attention. I mean, we have here in Colorado Springs, on average, um, you know, around 400 uh, juvenile suspects per month. So that's a, suspected of committing anything from, you know, shoplifting uh, all the way up to, you know, some pretty serious crimes uh, like major assault and, and, and even murder. Um, you know, and we arrest around 100 juveniles every single month for various crimes. Of those 400 suspects uh, per month, we have uh, 95 juveniles that are suspected, suspected of uh, committing crimes against persons. And those are, you know, like I mentioned, sexual assaults, they're robberies, they're major assaults, and, and even homicides. So, you know, there, it's something that I really want our community to pay attention to and, and, and take seriously, especially when it comes to the legislation around that. And when you're talking about the legislation around that, what would uh, obviously I know you know your your job is the chief of police. You're you're a city employee. You're not really in that kind of political side. But what would you advocate along with other chiefs of police that could be done to try and help stem this not only here in Colorado Springs but statewide? Well, there's three primary areas right now that I'm really uh, talking about quite a bit. One is we've got to stop restricting crimes that we can arrest juveniles for. When we, when our officers uh, arrest juveniles, for example, for motor vehicle theft or burglary of motor vehicle, they'll straight out tell our officers that uh, they know that there's not really a penalty. They're going to be right back out doing the same thing. So for, an, for example, right now our motor vehicle uh, theft team has a suspect, a suspect that is a juvenile that they suspect of committing 27 motor vehicle thefts. And that's really about a third of what they believe uh, this, this little 15-year-old actually has done. And so I oppose efforts to replace the juvenile justice system. And I want to be really clear when I say that. I absolutely support evidence-based supportive service interventions for juvenile offenders. But we can't replace our ability to, to arrest and hold juveniles accountable. So restricting crimes um, that we can arrest juveniles for is one. The second is reductions in bed space. You know, back in from 2003 to 2011, we had about 479 uh, beds. And when I say beds, Andrew, what I'm talking about is um, a place to take uh, a juvenile offender to, to, to hold them so that they're not right back out on the street. So we had 479 of those up until 2011. And since then, we've slowly been reduced, and now we only have 215, so far under half um, the beds. And what that does to our officers, if they have somebody that's arrested for a felony, let's say a major assault, a shooting, or something like that, and there's no bed space, the juvenile screener either has to release somebody who needs to be in there, or we just simply have to let the, the, per, the, the juvenile that we have in custody go, and they're right back out on the street doing the things again. So 
the second piece is reducing bed spaces. We can't we can't have that. As a matter of fact, we need to increase the bed spaces so that we can hold offenders until the courts, um, you know, can can review their their status. And then lastly, raising the floor. So last year there was a bill reduced that that took um, that wanted to make the culpability age of a juvenile taking it from 10 where it is now till 13. And a lot of people might think, well, 10 years old is really young. But we have 10, 11, and 12-year-olds that are out there getting in gun battles on our streets. We have them committing sexual assaults. We've got 10 and 11-year-olds that have committed murder. Um, and, and so we have to be able to take it seriously. And we can't raise that floor to 13 because there's too much crime happening uh, from that 10, 11, and 12-year-old age group. And it's just tragic because you, you want to think of a, a, a kid that, that that is that young. You want, to, you want to embrace them and you want to make sure that they're getting the help uh, that they need. And I 100% agree with that. We just can't do away with one to get the other. And when we're talking about a lot of these juvenile crimes as well, too, is there also maybe a place for an expanded role from a lot of the uh, the uh, school resource officers. I mean, I remember going to school here in Colorado Springs and uh, having, you know, such a positive impact by some of those SROs that were in our schools as well. And is there something that could kind of be more preventative as well on that angle as well? Well, and, and that's a great point. I think the school resource officers do a tremendous job and, and they really have a benefit in our schools in expanding that uh, program even larger. I, I've met with all of the super superintendents here in, in the region, and they all want more school resource officers. So as soon as we can do that from a staffing perspective, I want to do that. But I think also to your point, really we're, what, what we're saying is that there are other places within our society that hold a, a piece of this, whether it be our parents making sure that, that kids are, are home when they should be and, and making sure that, that we're doing the right things by our children. Parents hold a huge piece of this. But it's a societal issue. All of us want, you know, if, we, if we've got kids, we, will, we can really sympathize with the fact that we want our kids to be safe and secure, and we don't want them out doing things they shouldn't be doing. And so societal, from a societal perspective, we really have to take a look at this. Who owns pieces of this? How can we all come together and engage? Yeah, it's been a fascinating conversation. Unfortunately, we're up against the clock, but uh, definitely something to uh, continue to track and uh, discuss as the months go on and as we get into the new legislative session in the new year. Chief Vasquez, really appreciate your time and uh, candor here on KRDO's Morning News. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Merry Christmas.